This episode has some audio troubles on my end of the conversation. Uh, apologize for that, but um, I did everything I could to clean it up. It's still there a little bit, so hopefully it doesn't detract too much from the conversation. And now, on to the episode. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Episode 274, The Defenders. Season 1, and only. Episode 8, the Defenders. Hello and welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7, where we talk about the MCU in all of its many, many forms. And one of those many forms is Netflix streaming. And we are finally finishing up our coverage of the Defenders. And uh, I'm Ben, Ben Avery, a comic book fan, comic book movie fan, comic book movie podcaster, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm here with Agent Stewart. Long time no here, guys. How are you guys? Um, they all answered. Every okay. single person in the audience answered me, and I appreciate that. Thank so, you. That was not meant for me is what I'm, I'm taking that. Oh, how are you doing, Ben? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm only singular, though. So that's why. I was, I, yeah. yeah, I was covering my tracks a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, here we are, and we are finishing up our coverage of the Netflix s- uh, smash hit series, Defenders, uh, which we just found out recently is not as popular as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. Uh, based true. on a number of different things. We're going to talk about that uh, in an upcoming episode. Um, I think the, the episode right after this one, we're going to do uh, kind of a state of the MCU, state of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as it is right now, where it's going, and that sort of thing. But uh, for right now, we're here to talk about four superheroes, a plethora of supporting cast, and, and a Netflix series that only had eight episodes in it. And that is Daredevil season 2.5. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Which is what we're getting right now, right here. Right. Uh, Quick housekeeping things. Um, Spoiler policy is if we've talked about it on the show, then we will potentially spoil it as we are talking about things. Um, But we don't get too much crossover, like talking about movie stuff when we talk about Netflix stuff. Uh, however, we have not talked about the new season of Punisher, or only season of Punisher as of this recording, the new season of Jessica Jones, the new season of uh, really anything after Defenders we, don't, we are not going to talk about because um, we haven't talked about Has, it yet on the podcast. Hasn't happened yet. Hasn't happened yet as far as this podcast is concerned. Um, yeah. But all that said, the other thing that we do when we do a Netflix series episode is we watched it when it came out, or close to it, or 
anyway, we watched it before we recorded about it right now. And uh, then we have done a rewatch since then. But when we did the rewatch, we've already seen things, you know? And so when, we, when it first came out, we called in our initial reaction immediately. As soon as those credits hit, we hit pause, we called in, and then if we're going to binge watch, you know, we will watch the next episode, but we are calling in before we watch that next episode. And so that is what we're going to do right now, Stuart. We are going to play our phone calls, also Samantha's phone call, and um, not Daniel for this one. And I don't know if it was that he didn't do one or that I didn't find it, but <laughs> it does not exist as far as I can tell. So you're about to hear... Uh, the past versions of ourselves talking about something we just experienced and potentially enjoyed. Hey, it's me, Agent Stu, calling in about Defenders, the end of uh, episode eight. It seems to me that they did a blunder. They should have waited until Defenders was out to announce Daredevil season three. That's what they should have done. But no, they didn't. So the whole time Matt's like not dead. I'm sitting here going, oh, or dead, but not dead. Like, well, that's, you know, oh, sad. Sad. Oh, but but he's going to have his own show. Um, It would have been one thing had they left it where he wasn't like on the bed. I don't know. <sighs> we live in a new age. No longer can we be strung along in in times of you know Riker saying fire and then waiting three months you know what I'm talking about yeah you do anyway um overall I still think Luke Cage is my favorite I think that's my favorite series of the Netflix series I think it's the maybe it's just Luke Cage being the you know being the guy that he is I, I don't know I think that's my favorite um, I really liked Danny Rand in this one <laughs> way more than Iron Fist um, because he actually had presence. He actually did things, whereas in Iron Fist, he didn't actually do anything. Stuff happened to him, but he didn't actually do anything. Um, I'm glad to see Claire didn't get Coulson. Very glad to see Claire didn't get Coulson. Sad to see Coulson didn't actually show up. Um, also sad to see no movie people showed up. Um, it would have been a nice way to connect things. Hashtag is all connected. Hashtag no, really, it's not actually all connected. Um, other than that, yay. Looking forward to seeing what's down the pike. Um, I think we got Thor next and Punisher's in there somewhere and in humans and then the next season of S.H.I.E.L.D. So. Um, and then we go into Black Panther and then Infinity War. We got a lot of Marvel coming. Not to mention what's on Hulu and, and ABC Family that's called something else like Freeform. Yeah. Anyway, um, Defenders was good. Can't wait to get into our rewatch of it. All right. Peace out later. Bye. Samantha, Defenders, episode eight. Oh my gosh, that was awesome. Oh. oh man, when that building came down, I may have shed a tear. I am not ashamed to say it. <laughs> I definitely shed a tear. Oh gosh. And 
it's a comic book story. I'm not surprised that Matt survived. Oh my gosh. And that's crazy. Yeah, I know he's probably in the same convent as, as his mother. I know all about that from the, uh, I've read about that online. That his mother is a nun. Oh man, what's gonna happen next? And I, uh, who would be surprised if the, uh, the hand survived too? Not me. Oh man, I'm looking forward to the next series. Okay. Gotta go tell the guys that I'm done. This is awesome. Bye. Hi, this is past Samantha again. Uh, it's about six weeks after the release of The Defenders and about probably about a month since I saw the finale of The Defenders. And something just struck me. How on earth did Matt survive having a building dropped on top of him? And I think I know how. Uh, now, there's a slim possibility that, you know, he just happened to fall into a place where he was actually safe and somehow he was able to crawl out. Um, but there's an alternative. Okay, so how did the hand reach immortality? By using the substance. What is the substance made of? Dragon bones. Where was Matt? He was inside of a skeleton of a dragon. So I know he didn't go through the same process that Electra went through. But maybe something about, because probably there was some crumbling of the dragon bones, probably something about the dust getting into his system. I don't know. It's just a theory. I could be wrong. But, you know, I just thought I'd call and uh, throw that in there, and you guys can hear it later in the voicemail. But I am just so excited because it just popped into my head. All right. Uh, I will I hope to hear from you guys soon. Bye. Hey, future people. What up? What up? What up? I just watched the final episode of The Defenders. Hopefully not the final episode. Anyway, final episode, Defenders, and uh, episode eight, and this is how you do it. Uh, you know, it's really good, and it's also really serviceable. You know, it does the job it's supposed to do. Let's give us a big finale using all of our characters, doing stuff that's important and doing stuff that makes the plot happen. And you've got Danny, you know, he's there because the plot is about him. He's a MacGuffin. And then you have the other people coming in and they're all doing the fighting stuff. And then we find out, you know, Daredevil, Elektra, they've got their thing. And this show is about, uh, you know, mainly about him. And, you know, that's okay. But the whole thing here, it just works. Uh, is it the greatest ever? Probably not, but is it rewatchable? Definitely rewatchable. And is it the kind of thing that uh, I will go back to? Yeah, probably. Is it the kind of thing that I'm going to, you know, go head over heels about? Um, yeah, I mean, it's good. It's This is good superhero television. I'm liking it. I'm liking it a lot. And I should say likes it a lot. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure where I'm going to, you know, where, where they're going to go from here as far as all the the different threads that they have just with the characters moving out and, and going off on their own direction now. But they've, they've set that up too, you know. Life goes on. We get those tag scenes. Life goes on for everybody, <laughs> even the people who died. So we'll see what happens with that. But, yeah, Defenders, good job, Marvel Netflix series people. Good job. You did a good job. I'm proud of you. Nice work. And uh, beyond that, well, 
not sure, but um, this was good. From episode one of Daredevil to episode eight of, of Defenders, good job. That's all. All right, Stuart, that was then. This is now. And, and now is and now is the future. <laughs> and this something. is the end. My only friend, the end. <laughs> the defend enders. Um that was not great. Uh, but I, I gave it a, I gave it the old college try. So uh, you know, I'm gonna give that a good solid B plus. Forever. Okay. Hey, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> bottom line is, this is what Netflix was building up toward uh, before they had announced um, that there'd be a season two of anything. Uh, bef- from the beginning, this episode uh, was going to be the end of, you know, like a phase one kind of thing. Because they announced um, the four series. They announced that there would be a Defenders to cap it all off. And then Daredevil was so popular that they did a second season of Daredevil before they even got here. Um, And then Punisher was a breakout character in Daredevil season two. And so Punisher is the following season here. But this is kind of the end of Netflix phase one. If I remember correctly, they announced that there was going to be an allotment of episodes, right? They said, we're going to do these 60 episodes, I think it was. And you guys did math because I wasn't on the show, but then you guys did math and you're like, okay, this works, this works, this works. There's eight episodes left over. Well, how does that happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and sure enough, it, it was these, it was these eight episodes. And I think it's a really interesting concept to do a, we're going to do four series and then we're going to spin them all together into one series. And that concept I really enjoy. Well, I mean, that's the, the Avengers model. Where right. you know we, we're gonna we're gonna bring out Iron Man, we're gonna bring out Captain America, we're bring out Thor, get people to like these characters because it's possible they haven't ever heard of these characters or aren't very familiar with them, but we're gonna get them to like it, and then we're gonna bring out the big guns and we're bringing them all together, and Josh Whedon's gonna direct, and it's it's gonna be huge, it's gonna be this great big giant movie, and it's gonna be awesome, and it makes lots of money, lots and lots of money, and people are seeing that and saying, ooh, that's that Marvel money. And and DC is saying, "Ooh, we got we got the Dark Knight trilogy, that's great." But uh, you know, Avengers, and so instead of learning from the the model and learning from their own successes, uh, DC went ahead and did what they did with uh, their own cinematic universe, which you know there's some hits another... and there's some misses, and you know that didn't work real well. Well, what worked well? Netflix. I mean. They, and to be and to be fair, DC had a similar model with all of their Arrow shows long before this came around. Yeah, yeah. Well, the one difference being um, with the Arrow shows, they were they were running them side by side and then crossing them over every once in a while. It, mm-hmm. And and this was the exact. I mean, that was a universe model that we'd seen a little bit before in something like Star Trek. You know, Star Trek. You mean we get to cross that off the board? Okay, we've we rushed Star off. Trek. Yep, we've talked Done. about Star okay. Trek. Okay, moving on. Um, and and with Netflix here, then we have them following the exact Avengers model: introduce a character, get people to like the character; introduce another one, get them to like that other one; bring them together as a team at the end, and 
and that's that's that, and that's what they did here, and and it works, and it works nicely. You know, the the CW model. I haven't watched too much of it since. I mean, it's been a long time since I was watching Green Arrow, but that also seems to be a, a model that's really working really well because they're just kind of doing their own thing with their different shows, and then they bring them together for the crossover. Um, and it, it's it's a little bit more than that. It's not just a, from what I understand, it's not just a hey, remember we're in the same universe for this episode, and then we're not. Um, it's like it's like events. It's like way back when when there used to be mid, mini series, you know, mini series events, crossover events, event television. Yeah. Well, and they you know they had some event television like that with crossovers uh, even before. Like they did it with Star Trek and Deep Space Nine, say, or, mm-hmm. or something like that. I mean, Murder She Wrote and Magnum PI is one great no. example. Oh yeah, really? Oh yes, my friend. Really, Murder mm-hmm. She Wrote and, and Magnum, Magnum PI. PI. Yep. I yep. do not remember that at all. Well, you know, it, it's not like it was. I think more of an anomaly, more of a interesting <laughs> thing that happened, and and less of a. This is huge, like who shot JR kind of stuff. So, you know? so wait, you're telling me that Angela Lansbury murder she wrote mm-hmm. is in the same universe as the inspiration for the Chipmunks? You Chip mean and uh, Dale's Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers? Rangers. Um, yes. Well, well, one. The other one being Indiana Jones. Right, right. Both Tom Selleck was up for it. Exactly. Uh, You have the Tom Selleck connection for both of them. Yes. Yeah. um, Okay, so I just looked it up. Murder, She Wrote, uh, crossed over with Magnum P.I. Looks like season three of one or the other. Um, But yeah, they they crossed over. and, And why not? You know? It looks like also uh, Magnum P.I. crossed over with Simon and Simon, uh, putting them in that same universe as well. And I don't think people thought about the same universe back when they did that. Well, and they didn't need to as much because it was just regular people doing regular things in the present day. You know, right. it, it wasn't like, OK, well, we've got now that we've done this, we've introduced that there are, you know, there's there's magic and superpowers in this universe. Which, what was I watching with my kids where I looked at them and said, oh, it was Charlie Brown. <laughs> There's an episode of Charlie Brown. It was on the, the DVD that came with the Halloween episode. It's called, like, It's Magic Charlie Brown or something like that. And Snoopy literally uses magic and turns Charlie Brown invisible. And, and we're watching that. I just turned to the kids and said, so in this universe, in the Peanuts universe, magic is real. And... They 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 looked at you very puzzled, didn't they? No, they did not. They're like, wow, yeah, Dad, what's going on here? Then we watched the Thanksgiving episode a couple of weeks later, and Snoopy in that has this metaphorical battle with a uh, folding chair. <laughs> uh, I looked at the kids and said, well, maybe this isn't metaphorical. Maybe this is literal, and the folding chair actually is sentient and alive because we already know that magic is real in this universe, and my kids they tracked with me and they, they laughed a little bit and well, maybe it's just Snoopy. That's magical. It's quite possible. But, uh, the point being back then a crossover with like two detective shows, not that big of a deal because there's not a whole lot of continuity that you have to track with like, okay, now suddenly androids are real because Magnum PI crossed over with robot or I would have watched robot cop. Is that what his name was? 
RoboCop? No, no, no. There was a TV show called Robot Cop, I think. Only had eight episodes in it. Wasn't very good. Had Ernest Borgnine played the uh, the buddy to the robot cop. And he was, this is late 70s, so he wasn't young and he wasn't small. And he <laughs> certainly did not look like someone who should be walking the streets and racing cars and chasing bad guys. That that seems like a very Canadian show. It's not, though. It wasn't. All right. It's. I promise you. I, hey, I'm not. I'm not here to argue. Anyway, yeah. So we're talking now about that final crossover for for the Netflix series where they get together, they fight together, they fight with each other and against each other, and and I lost my notes because I was looking up Murder She Wrote. <laughs> so what what I find really interesting about this, and and I don't think even the CW does it this way, and we might have just mentioned it, but again, four different series technically mm-hmm. building to one series one series event yeah one series event now for us you know we all kind of sort of see them and i think we mentioned this last week and i think we've talked about it before the, this is one series just like <laughs> this is really sad but when i watch star trek it's all one thing to me it's not you know you don't have different versions of it you do it's kind of like chapters in a book but it's still one series Kind of like the Narnia books, right? That's one big book broken into seven different parts. Or the Tolkien books. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how you can look at any kind of unified whole, though. And right. I, I think that this, more than, than Star Trek, was, like, this is, this is Matt Murdock's story, and other people are just a part of it, you know, as far as the Defenders one goes. Um so you can break it up and, you know, it's the same with the Avengers movies. You can break it up that way with Star Trek. It, it, it works that way. And, and you certainly can, can look at it as like this one great, big, long, sprawling epic, or you can look at it as three and a half great, big, long, sprawling epics. Right. Um, so I agree with you. You think this is Matt Murdock's story? It is by the time we get here. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let, well, mm. You want to get into the episode now? Well, we, we can. Yeah. Um, so the cold open starts out and they're arguing, which, you know, why not? Um, they're arguing about. What did Stanley say? All costumed heroes have to argue. Basically. I mean, they're, they're going to fight with each other because that, that's that brings in, you know, human interest. Right. But they're arguing. It's a pretty serious argument because they're arguing about using a bomb and to destroy the hand, uh, to destroy the building. And that's dangerous, but you know, they watched man of steel. And so they realized, Hey, if we're going to bring a building down, we need to make sure there's only bad guys in it. No good guys and no innocent people. And that's how Luke will do it. Luke's like, if you, as long as we don't do what they did in man of steel, where Superman killed like a a couple thousand people. And and then, you know, Danny was like, dude, I saw that movie and it wasn't his fault because he was fighting a bad guy who was, you know, he had to do what he had to do to stop the bad guy. And he got this whole argument over that, but not really. But um, did they did they hate (laughs) it as much as I did? What, Man of Steel? Yeah. I don't know if that's possible. That's true. You know, I mean, because Luke Cage, he's like, dude, Superman. He's great. You know, I I like him. I want to be like him. And. 
I think he's more forgiving just because it was Superman than, than you. Okay. Yeah. That, that may be true. <laughs> so anyway, they did have, the, they do have the argument and it takes them three minutes to convince Luke that, um, he's, he's going to do it. He's going to go along with it. Did you time that? I did actually. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, it wasn't exactly three minutes, but it was, it was just after the three minute mark and he's, he's going for the ride. And, uh, they're they're all they're they're all on. Actually, Danny couldn't have had that argument with him because he wasn't even there. But no, um, Jessica's saying these people came after our friends. Matt's saying it's the only way, and uh, Claire's saying it's insane. But yeah, it, this feels like okay. We got to convince everybody in the show to go do the thing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like at, you know, I, I don't know. Do you did you ever play D anD D? Uh, no, but I played other role-playing games. Yeah. Okay, other role-playing games. So, essentially, okay, there's a thing over there. Y'all gotta figure out why you gotta go over there. Make sure you go over there. <laughs> and yeah. in this case, there's an elevator. You just gotta find it. But you know where it's, you know it's here, because you gotta go down to the hole. So, just make sure you figure out why you're gonna do it. Well, I mean, go. they have to... And this is what it is. I mean, they they have set up... We have to have them confront the hand. We have to have them find out what was being dug in season one of, of Daredevil or season two. Or right. Whatever. We have to, you know, we have to tie up all these loose threads and we have to, you know, give everyone a purpose for being there as far as the, the heroes and even some of the supporting cast. And I mean, so the, the, the role of the people who are writing this episode is to make it all matter. And it's interesting because for uh, over on Strangers and Aliens, um, my co-host Evan, Steve, and then I uh, wrote. We 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 totally copied the the, the Avengers model, and, and we did it on purpose. But we each created a hero. We each wrote uh, a a story about that hero, and then I wrote uh, a story about them all coming together uh, for a reason, you know. And 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 so the role is take the important elements of each character, give them an arc, give them something to do that matters for the character, but then also make them coming together count and make the story uh, a worthy thing for them to do. Well, saving New York City, how is that not worthy, right? Yeah, I mean, and and what's really interesting about this Avengers model, what you're talking about, that, I mean, that is that is what good you know, uh, a game mastering or, or or being the head of this RPG table is right. It's taking all these different characters that some other somebody else came up with and finding a story that makes them all work together. And that's really interesting because that's been going on since before I was born. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what's also interesting about that is um, and it's only slightly different, but you're trying to guide the characters or your your. uh your players in in the case of a role-playing game, you're trying to guide them into um, the story that you kind of have laid out for them, but they don't always go there in quite the way you're expecting. And, and sometimes they don't go there at all. Um, and that can be like a little, a little difficult because then you have to make things up on the fly. And yeah, that's, that's when the, that's when the module just goes over the shoulder and you're like, okay, we're making this up as we go along. And I get a feeling that that's actually happening. Well, it's, it's happening all over the MCU. You know, I, I have a feeling that with, I think we've talked about this before, but 
with the the movies, the Avenger movies, that they kind of knew what they wanted to do. Thanos, stones, the glove, but they didn't quite know all the details until they got there. And then they, they're like, okay, so now what is, oh, how do we make this all make sense? And I think that that's also a little bit what's happening here, like with the black sky. Right, you know, exactly. I, I don't think that the black sky was intended to be Elektra, but it gave Elektra something to do outside of season two of Daredevil. Right, right. Because she was going, oh, and everybody really liked her. Had nobody really liked her, Black Sky would have probably been somehow molded into Danny Rand. Actually, that's that's intriguing, actually, that possibility. Because, I mean, I, just practically speaking, Daredevil Season 2 would have happened after this. Except right. that Daredevil was so popular that they realized we're going to greenlight another season of Daredevil. And that means you're going to have to add in some story. And I think they did a fantastic job of it. Don't get me wrong. Daredevil season two is really, really good, but it wasn't intended to happen until after this. And, and so I think that they maybe in Daredevil season two, they realized, okay, we were going to do Electra here and Ooh, black sky. You know, ooh, that's great. That's great. You know, I can imagine the writers room. What if, you know, and they write it on the board, Electra, Black Sky, question mark, you know, and then, and suddenly it's not on the board anymore. It's in the scripts, you know, but. Yeah, that, that poster note that we referenced a few times ago got floated down and, and oh, that's already in the script. Okay, we're going to make that happen. Yeah, yeah. We don't mm -hmm. need the poster note anymore. <laughs> so, speaking of Electra, let's move into her part of the story she's wandering the skeleton of some dragons and um there this is the last known deposit on earth of these dragons and gao says you know these creatures once roamed the green valleys of my home and um and yeah danny is he's he's doing the the soap opera listen at the door thing and and listening to them by hiding Hiding in the bones and, um, you know, Gao and Electra, they have a, their relationship is a little bit, a little bit rocky. You know, they're not getting along right now, but, um, but they're on the same side. They're on the same side. And, uh, she also says that the war has been won, um, because they've held off this, those heroes as long as possible. And I was thinking, oh, this, yeah, I think you're putting, you know, you're counting your eggs, before they're hatched. Although after they've hatched, they're not eggs anymore, are they? No, but, no, they're not. But you can put the cart before the horse. Can and she is definitely doing that. Definitely. Because what's going on upstairs? It's, it's elevator our, talk. Our, our heroes. They they are using the architect's designs, and they're going to have to activate the bombs and run. Um, and Colleen wants to go down with them, down into the the depths. Um, but Claire needs her more because Claire is going to, you know, go and set those bombs and, and they're going to go get Danny and, and Claire, you know, doesn't want Colleen to go down. Colleen, she gets offended. Like I can hold my own. I, I'm strong. I can fight. And Claire's all, yeah. So come with me. Cause I need someone. <laughs> I can't do this alone. So, and in the meantime, the police have realized that they've lost the C4 from their uh, police headquarters, and that's not good. 
and Misty is going to take the fall. <laughs> and her bo- her boss not so subtly suggests, "Hey, you're you're not you're not going to be in this job very long." Little does he know, he's right, but I don't know if he knows the reason. Mm-hmm. Um, although I haven't seen after this, so I don't know what happens exactly with her. But I'm assuming after this episode, she's she's at least heading for a desk job. So. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about uh, some more supporting cast. Sure. Patsy and Karen. They have a moment. Patsy and Karen. Yeah, I keep calling her Patsy. I don't know why. Because. She doesn't like that, for no, sure. No, she doesn't. And <laughs> uh, if, if I said that to her face, maybe she'd have issues with it. But she's not real, so that's in my favor. Um, Lucky you. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, in my notes, I just wrote down just two journalists trying to sort through all this and trying to get to the truth. And I'm not sure how necessary the scene is, but they get interrupted by Foggy and Malcolm. Who are also two supporting characters. They are, and they're all together. I mean, at this point, you should probably just bring in some, like, banana cream pies or something like that. Because Foggy's all about the pie. I mean, this, to me, is a little bit of fan service. Yeah, I, I wish... I mean, they have stuff to do, but not much. I wish they had more to do. Foggy had his thing to do last episode, you know, bringing the suit, right? you know, and that, that meant something. This is padding a little bit. It's a little bit unnecessary, Um, but yeah, fan service. Sure. You know, we want to see these things happen. We want to see the characters together. That's what a crossover is for. Because the thing that a television show gives you more than a movie, theoretically, (laughs) is, um, you're not just falling in love with one character. Um, you're falling in love with three or four different characters and you want to see what happens to them. And you want to see, you know, how these characters interact with those characters, how these supporting characters interact with those supporting characters. Yeah. Yeah. And so the one good thing we get is the other supporting cast, Colleen, Claire, Misty. They actually get some good stuff going on here. And, yes, they do. And I enjoy what they have going on as they kind of form their own mini defenders team in some ways as they're they're dealing with the bomb stuff. Um, but I that means something. And, and again, I, I guess I keep coming back to this. You know, this episode it has to mean something. What they're doing has to be momentous. Um, you know, and, and that's a problem with with superhero movies is each one has to outdo the other. And they have to save the world. No, not the world, the galaxy. No, not the galaxy, the universe, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and so how big can you go? Well, and, and for Netflix, it's the city. It's, it's the city. And that's, that's because the city is so important in, in all these situations. Mm-hmm. So while I was watching this, I was wondering, um, I, I was like, oh, what if what they're talking about is foreshadowing for the the first Avengers movie, because in the Avengers, the incident, and that's where my mind went, oh, wait a second, this is supposed to come after. So it it almost, again, armchair quarterbacking, right? If I were to do this again, I might put it at the end, or it, put it, you know, pre, um, you know, Iron Man, right? Because there's nothing that said the... the 
it's not like it's not like there was a massive um well except for the fish oil thing <laughs> but anyway so so it's not like these characters came from fish oil anyway so no they didn't you could have like uh, it would have been interesting if there was if madame gal was like yeah this city's gonna fall i don't have a problem with it happening because i'm taking all this this dinosaur stuff or this dragon stuff but really what she's doing is foreshadowing the shatari invasion that would have been really interesting to me but the problem is my brain remembered that they kept calling it the incident and there's a bunch of stuff from the Chitari incident, you know, in, in Ben's office and now Karen's office and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. And not that things were happening exactly like this, but it's pretty much everything that happens is kind of happening the year it comes out. Right. You know, and so that's why, you know, I, I bet they may have talked about it a little bit, but I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't much of a consideration for it to be a, a time before uh, the movies. Right. And, and, and again, you know, that's me armchair quarterbacking. That's me looking at this a year, two years, three years. I mean, when did yeah. the first Daredevil series come out? That's it's just been me, a while. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at it now. I mean, I literally just had that thought tonight. <laughs> so it's not like I, it's not like I was sitting there going, God, this would have been so much. No, I mean, I just had that. It's like, oh, that would have been cool. So I had, you know, six years to to ruminate on it. So, yeah, y- y- given time, you can do you can do lots of things. You can rewrite lots of things. You can make your movie over again. You can put a scene back in your movie that you cut because you shouldn't have put it in there in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can redo your movie with the original dialogue but in a really crazy anime style. Which is also going to happen. <laughs> well, with uh, Star Wars? Yeah. You, yeah, you've seen that trailer? Yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of like it. I think it's really interesting. I'm really curious about it. I'm really, really curious. But, uh, okay, so the team needs to get down below the building, and Matt uses his powers to get them around to find the place where they need to go to find the elevator. Luke uses his powers to open the walls and stuff, and Jessica uses sarcasm um, as she talks to them. And they're in an elevator. They're going down. And Matt says, I'm glad we found each other. And they say, oh, we're not hugging you. And this is where I wrote down, we get a nice, nice mix of superhero Daredevil type music and funky Luke Cage type music. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. So, Claire, they're planting the explosives, someone's coming, and Colleen confronts him, and I can never remember how to say his name. I think I put in my notes. Kudo. I put Naruto in my notes. (laughs) (laughs) Not the anime um, fighting hero guy, but uh, it's Bakudo. Yeah, sure. That that sounds better. That sounds much better. That's what Samantha said last week. (laughs) So Colleen confronts him. He, you know, they're ready to, to end this and they're going to fight. And then Claire's phone rings. <laughs> it's, Which, okay, that was pretty cool. Like, because how many times have you been in the middle of something? It's an important meeting. You're talking about, you know, important meeting stuff. And somebody's do, 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 do yeah. goes off. It happens a lot, although it's never my phone. Because Never my phone either. You know why? Early on, I realized I am not going to remember to turn off my phone <laughs> in, in meetings, so I just always have it on vibrate. 
always. I, I'm the guy who's constantly turning it off and on, turning it off and on. Yeah, I, I just know I'll never remember. So it's not like I'm this super awesome guy. No, it's just I know my weaknesses and I am going <laughs> to I'm going to work around them. So and some might say that is that is worthy. That is worthy. Yeah. No, there, there's definitely value to that. But uh, yeah. anyway, <laughs> um, so uh I'm just glad her ringtone wasn't something like who let the dogs out. You know what I mean? Cause, yeah. cause you know how people have those like song ringtones. So it could have been something like, let it go. That would have been funny. That, uh, funny is the correct word. Uh, Not an appropriate time for funny still would have been funny. I, I don't know about that, but, um, Misty's going inside. This is not okay. She realizes what's going on and uh calling is this the part where she shoots the door in yeah, well this is the part where uh she's going in you know she's mm-hmm. talking and she's she's trying to uh talk them down from doing this thing and she's like this ends in jail or a cemetery and she's going in and we move into what i've labeled now as act two and we have danny and he fights his way through the bones of the dragon and and gal has her we are not on a like uh, kind of thing where she's like these beings, these dragons have given us so much. The substance is the essence of what made you. And she taunts him, uh, you know, this is, are you going to write the wrong? And, and then he's all, this is what the journey is about. And she taunts him with memories of his mother and talks about how he's alone with his pain. And he attacks and she easily defends. Meanwhile, the elevator is going down slowly. So those, Slow so those mem- descent. <laughs> it's almost like it takes until Act Three to get there. Yeah, I mean, that that so, elevator is exactly as slow or as fast as they need it to be for the plot. Right. Um. So so the so the memories. I was rewatching the episode tonight. The memories that she taunts him with are very super vague. She's like, "I saw you." standing on a street corner with your mother and you pulled away. Like what kid hasn't tried to pull away from their mother standing on the street corner? Yeah. I wasn't quite sure what she was going to, what she was trying to get at with that. I, so it's in this situation that, I, that I find gal very intriguing and very frustrating because I think she's potentially one of the more powerful villains that, that we've seen in the Marvel cinematic universe. For Absolutely. Sure. But definitely also in in the TV land series. Um, but at the same time, she's written like very vague. <laughs> so it's she's not getting fleshed out very well, which I guess is really good, but also very frustrating. And, and, and to be fair, I don't necessarily know that I want her to be fleshed out, but I certainly don't want her to, to cop out on. Oh, I saw you and your mother. I'm Mrs. Cleo. That's... I'm going to vague, vaguely tell you something, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, they're, they're very vague with the whole hand thing, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I don't know how much of that is we want it to be vague and mysterious and how much of that is instead, hey, we're not quite sure, but hey, we can make it look vague and mysterious, you know? Right. They could have used a little bit more branding like Hydra. Just a little bit more brandy. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say probably no on that, but you never do what I want to do, Ben. 
<laughs> not when it comes to hydro branding. That was crazy. So the elevator is going down the... slowly okay. and, um, and he can hear what's going on down there and what, who's down there. You know, Daredevil, he's, he's Daredevil. And Luke, he has an idea, but you're not going to like it, is what he says. So when the elevator reaches the bottom, it's just Jessica. And she steps off and she, like, gives them, you know, this, I just want to talk. My life, ever since you burst into my office, has become this one big kung fu party. I don't want to fight you. And then in the script, you can see there's three dots, right? There's the ellipsis. <laughs> I don't want to fight you. Dot, dot, dot. Alone. And then Matt and Luke attack and they fight. And that's in career new 12 point font. So the timing's right. That's right. Because every page is one minute long. And yes. So, um, so we have two fights going on now. Colleen and Naruto, <laughs> Bakudo, are, <laughs> are continuing their fight. And he's all talking with her about who she was meant to be, and he's he's making her who she's meant to be. And um, Claire's taking on some thugs, and Colleen gets sliced in the back, and Misty gets there, rescues them at the last minute. And meanwhile, downstairs, we have a one-take hallway fight kind of thing going on, kind of. They're surrounded, and, and the fight's going on, and, and they... Uh, they're they're with Danny now, and the only way out is together, they say, and that's Danny, light it up. And then the music builds up, and we jump into this awesome But it was Kung Fu fighting. Yes, that's what not, happened. Not that song, but another awesome <laughs> song. It's just this hip-hop song that actually references Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, it's it, I mean that's that's Method Man. Um, okay. And it's Wu-Tang from and, – and if you remember Luke Cage season one, which we can talk about, mm -hmm. Method Man did like in the context of the show, he wrote Bulletproof. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. I think the song is called Bulletproof. I wanted to call it Bulletproof, Bulletproof Monk, but that's not right. I think it's just called Bulletproof. Bulletproof, no, Bulletproof Monk. Love. <laughs> Bulletproof Monk is uh... – Italian fat movie. Is it? It's it. I, I hate to sound like this, but it is. It is somebody of that caliber. Um, I well, thought I was going to say Italian Jet Li is what I was thinking, but hey, it's it's one of those guys who's really awesome at martial arts and mm -hmm. made the crossover into American cinema. So, and it's not me. I can tell you that right now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's. I think it's Bulletproof Love. I think that's the name of the song. I would look it up, but you would hear. Google flu and I don't want to do that. But um, so that is Method Man. Um, that is the Wu-Tang Clan. And that is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then Electra gets involved. And that's less cool. Right. <laughs> so before the end of Act 2, though, uh, Bar Baruto. <laughs> Bakudo. Bakudo <laughs> uh, takes some bullets and he's not going down. He taunts calling some more. Claire gets involved. Misty gets involved. They're going to shoot. They're going to fight. And he cuts off Misty's arm. Hence the, the desk job situation. Uh, and Colleen cuts off his head. And so he's dead. That's true. And I'm glad they gave this to her to do. This was a, a good thing for her character to be able to do. Um, the, the bad thing is the bomb's been activated. <laughs> And and so then now they're on it. We have a we have a ticking time, time uh, clock. 
going on. Mm-hmm. So as far as I'm concerned, this is where we have Act 3 starting. Matt can hear the bomb. Um, Electra, <laughs> I wrote in my notes. Um, are you ready for this? <clears throat> ready for a, a dad joke? <laughs> all right. Electra is doing housework because she's wiping the floor with all of them. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 You should in post put a, a, a symbol crash. <laughs> so I think I've told that story, told the story before of how I told a joke to my kids. We were sitting around the dinner table and I said this joke and they just all looked at me with these blank stares and I just said, well, that was a joke. And then my one daughter, I think she was around eight at the time, she said, well, dad, you should have gone but bum so we could have known it was supposed to be a joke. Um, yeah. See, yeah. eight-year-old kids are awesome. They are. I'm mean, almost every age of kid is is awesome. It's just different kinds of awesome at the different times, you know. So, uh, Daredevil, Matt's like, you're, you're all going up, and uh, I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna get through to her. And they're like, really, dude, again? Okay, I guess that's the thing you got to do for the show. And he's like, wait, I've had two seasons already. I had the first season, and this series right now, this is about me. And Iron Fist was like, but I'm the immortal Iron Fist. And then Matt says, okay, that's true, but... And then Iron Fist says, that's just crazy enough. It just might work. Not really, but... I can't stand it on TV shows. This isn't. This is probably one of the least bad situations where they do this, but where one character whispers to another, and it's it's only so that we don't know what they're saying, you know. And, and it happened in Agents of Shield once, where they were getting ready to make their plan, and then they whisper it together so that the listening audience can't hear it. Not because there's anyone in the room who shouldn't hear it, but they literally they start whispering and cut away and I can almost accept it when it's on (laughs) Scooby-Doo. But here he is whispering a instruction, I guess. And really what should have happened is they just should have cut away. Yeah. But they wanted to, we needed to be able to see it so that when Danny talks about it later on, it's not like, Oh, did he make that up or, or what? No. Um, so we needed to see it, but I, I wish that it might have been a, a little less unsubtle <laughs> and and maybe even just, hey, let's hear it. Let's hear him say it. But then there's then there's no dramatic tension. And, you know, I kind of go back to 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 Firefly. We can check another one off the board, um, you know, when and this is actually serenity. And so when you know, preacher dies, he doesn't give Mal like the secret to everything. Like, like Matt just did to Danny Rand. He's like, no, I'm not going to tell you anything. And then dies. I mean, so I, I, we wanted it. We really, really wanted it. Yeah. So bad. They even wrote a book about it. (laughs) Um, which is good. It's a good story. And you wanted it really bad. And, it kept you wanting this, this car was sort of like, Oh, he just passed on the secret to a day. Okay. Matt's gonna Okay. Matt's dying now. Okay, good. But no, he's not going to die because there's going to be another season or we, so we, I there's think not, we not don't. just going to be another season. There's going to be a post credit. 
Right. Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is, did we know that he was going to die? Did we know that he couldn't die because there was going to be another season at that point? I think so, but I'm not sure. I think so, too. Yeah. Okay, so more fighting. And now it's fighting on the elevator. And (laughs) Matt tries to use his words as he fights her. Um, And and as they're doing this, uh, he... He has bloody hands, and he he they go he goes down into the water. That's part of the set there, and he's got these bloody hands. He's like, "We can stop fighting. You are not the Black Sky. You are Electra Nachos." And she's, "This is who I've always been." And he says, "I know when you're lying." And she says, "You always wanted to find light in me." And he says, "There's, it's there because I felt it." And she says, "I don't care about good or bad." And uh, and then um. She stops the elevator and the rope breaks because it's not up to code or something, and Jessica catches it. But um, is that, it, is that when Electra takes off her mask and says, "Let me look at you with my own two eyes," uh, like Darth Vader? Yeah. It, <laughs> 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 Dear listener, the best the best part about this is when when you make a really funny joke, you think it's really good, and Ben just goes, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you should have used the bum bum." Yeah, afterwards. so I could have known so, it was a joke. Right? Joke. No. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, also the timer's counting down, but <laughs> I mean, they they really really they do a decent job of Daredevil trying to to woo. Uh, Electra back back to the side of light but um, it just I can understand why his fellow characters are, are not exactly enthusiastic about it because I'm not feeling enthusiastic about it well, I guess the reason I, I, I feel the same way and and the reason I think I feel the same way and I think a lot of people feel the same way is that, is that we, I mean, he was never good for her in the first place. So all through Daredevil season two, he was being torn between um, Karen, whom we all wanted him to be with because she's a character we know and like and and like and uh, Electra, who is just bad sauce. You know, it's just bad news for him. Yeah. Um. And so we're we're going. But, Okay, so like that's great that you want to you know turn her to the light and all stuff, but Matt, just put put it down. You're done. No more. No more. Well, there is more. The very next scene, <laughs> Daredevil and Electra. That's true. They fight some more. We get more talking about light and darkness, and and that's where in my notes I wrote down because this is Daredevil's show, and Netflix is Daredevil's. And yeah, I don't know if it's the most popular show on on Netflix. I don't know if it's. Um, I, I don't know how that dynamic works there, um, but it's the first and he has the most episodes and he has the most, in some ways, the most depth because of that, because he's had the most time, um, maybe not the deepest story. I think that might go to Jessica as far as her background and that sort of thing goes, but it's, it, there's, there's, their background is similar in some ways and losing family and that kind of thing. So anyway, the team gets back together. The police actually come into the building, and Luke's all like, this, is, this can't happen. You got to get out of here. Um, 
the supporting cast, they're there and they're, they're listening. Um, they're ineffective. <laughs> Daredevil and Elektra fight some more and they also talk some more. And, and then we get some, some kind of last words kind of thing. This is what we get for thinking we can make this work. And then that's all. It did work. We're together now. And then Gao is walking through in the aftermath of all that fight. And they're waiting for the bomb to go off. The bomb goes off. The building starts to fall. Daredevil Electra fights some more. And they talk some more. And she feels alive. But the building's coming down perfectly. Like a controlled demolition. And so as it's coming down, Daredevil Electra, they kiss and stuff. And then the Defenders upstairs and the Daughters of the Dragon, which would be uh, Misty and, and Colleen. Um, they react to this and they're sad. And, and then Danny steps forward and says, Matt said to protect my city. And they reunite with their supporting cast, except for Karen and Foggy. You don't have a main cast member to reunite with because he's down below the building. <laughs> Presumably oh, yeah. dead. Yeah. Yeah. So they, so they reunite with their supporting cast and it's very dramatic and slow motiony. And then Patsy's talking about on her radio and she gives us the exposition. And, and that's what uh, Patsy, Trish, Trish. Yeah. Yeah. Trish for Trish talk. Trish talk. Yeah. She gives us exposition about what happened and, and you know, this, the fault line and all that kind of stuff. The building came down and um, foggy delivers some legal expo exposition. Um, this all never happened officially. So there can't be any charges. Because that's the thing. I couldn't remember that. And I'm watching all this and I'm like, wow, there's some pretty heavy potential real world consequences for them just on the legal side of all this, you know, getting arrested and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, since officially it never happened, then how can they be charged with it? They can't. So they're, they're good to go. And Foggy's feeling guilty for helping Matt, but... Um, Claire says, you made the right call. I should know. I'm the freaking night nurse. And and he's all, oh, yeah. yeah. But um, and he's like, but I thought I thought the girl from Dr. Strange was. And she's like, no, what me? How dare you? Him. Yeah. So in the hospital, Colleen and Misty are having some time together. These are fun scenes to me. I, I loved seeing Iron Fist and Luke Cage together. And I love seeing Colleen and Misty together. And now, Misty has lost her arm. She's also potentially, you know, she's lost her job. And But Danny has some connections to a state-of-the-art kind of place where she can get a new arm, maybe some sort of robotic arm, which this is not spoilers for Netflix because I don't know exactly what happens. Uh, I, <laughs> here's, the, here's the secret, is after this point on Netflix, I haven't seen anything. I, I still haven't. I'm going to be watching Punisher in real time as we cover it. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. I think that's, that's a, that, I think that's the way it's going to have to go because yeah. I think that's a dynamic we're going to have to explore a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, um in the comics that is what happens though. She has a robot arm in in the comics. Mm -hmm. So, of the very few comics I've read, I can confirm that. So when when her arm gets chopped off in this episode, I remember <laughs> when I was watching it originally, I was like, Oh, Oh yeah. Yeah. I've never got so excited about someone losing a limb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, Luke goes to check in 
on on Jessica Jones, and she almost apologizes, and he just says we have to move forward, and um, basically tells her, "I'm glad you didn't die," <laughs> and and then she says, "Hey, maybe we can grab coffee sometime or something," and he gives her a look like, "Are you serious? Did you just say that?" Because no. Danny and Colleen, they're together. Still thinking about Matt Murdock. And she says, you're finding some way to beat yourself up about this, aren't you? And uh, he says something how uh, New York is starting to feel like home, which is good because he was asked to uh, take care of the city. Jessica Jones comes home. Malcolm's fixing things up. And he says something like, it's almost like you're back in business. The door closes and we see Alias Investigations. Karen's crying at the church. Foggy walks in and she says, you saw me cry in the chapel. Um, that was a joke. Elvis. I don't even, I don't even, okay, Elvis. Yeah. I don't, I've, I don't think I've ever heard that song. Elvis is not on the board right now, so. No, he's we, not. We, we, we don't normally have the, to check him this off. This might be the first time yeah. I've talked about Elvis on this show. So she's not going to write the story about the Midland Circle building going down and, and the reason behind it, because why would she do that? You know, superhero and lawyer go missing at the same time. And that is a troubling thing to have happen. It's not just, you know, because he's alive. It's to protect, you know, his his legacy. Um, but they had to do something crazy with uh, when Superman died. You know, they they had to. uh when Superman died, Clark Kent was assumed dead uh, in the aftermath of that battle. And then, this is in the comics. And then when Superman came back, Clark Kent was also coming back at the same time. Uh, and so they had some story about how he was trapped in a building and had food or something like that. And and that's when they when they were finally able to find him. And this is why the D, this is why the DC is or DC is I, I can't get behind it because here you have Superman. This is why any cape costumer I can't get behind because this is why you have Superman who the only difference between him and Clark Kent is glasses and a little bit of a hair dollop. And it's like, really guys, no one can put that together. I realize this is a, a tired joke and a tired criticism. I get it. It's still valid. There's an interesting, I was reading Superman Batman comic and Batman was visiting Superman um, as Bruce Wayne. Um, visiting Clark Kent in at the Daily Planet, and he's thinking about how Perry White is smart. He must know. He has to know. And and then he's thinking about um, Commissioner Gordon and wondering, you know, do I have someone like that in in my life? You know, because Perry White is supportive of Clark Kent, you know, and supports Superman in the same way. And, and I, I find that really an interesting dynamic. That it's possible that all this time Commissioner Gordon has known who Batman was, and and Perry White has known who Superman was. I, I like that idea. Um, well, let's see. I mean, it's got to be the only way it works, right? Because <laughs> otherwise, I mean, otherwise Commissioner Gordon would be like, "Dude, go get him. He's a vigilante." Well, he is kind of sometimes. But have you seen The Rock? Uh, do the Saturday Night Live sketch where he's Superman and Clark Kent, and like you could totally see the Superman costume like under his collar of his um, yeah, th- shirt with I his tie. I have, yeah, yeah, I think I have seen so. that. Yeah, 
it's That's funny. How I, Look it up on YouTube like, if you haven't seen it, people. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're going to run into this phone booth. Oh, wait, all glass phone booth. <laughs> but that's why I'm very glad in the MCU we have very, very few masked and, like, hidden identity superheroes. And it's – is it really – I mean, it might just really be Daredevil. It, as far as secret identity goes? Um yeah. Daredevil, um, I mean, it depends what you consider S.H.I.E.L.D. to be, because they have well, undercover people with, with powers, but, um, yeah. Okay, so, anyway, we end this with two scenes that are setting up the future. This is all stuff that's wrapping up what happened, and we're, we're getting reaction to all these things, and, and so the supporting cast, they're reacting, and, and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, they're reacting, but... Then we get Iron Fist looking over his city, like some sort of guy who takes risks doing stunts or something. <laughs> and and he's in silhouette and he's he's posed and and it's actually a, a it's a it's a nice shot you know it, it's a good last shot but it's not the last scene. Uh, we then see Matt. And he wakes up. There's a nun nearby who says, get Maggie. Tell her he's awake. And he's not looking good at all. And time has passed. I don't know how much time, but they've been taking care of him. How'd he get there? What's he doing? We'll find out in season three. As far as I know, I don't know. I don't think we find out before then. So, yeah. That is... That is Defenders. Defenders episode eight. What what do you think? Does it work? Does this whole thing work? This whole I mean there's 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 three ways to look at this as does it work? Does this episode work as an episode? Does the series work? And then this as the cap for the series. And does this experiment work? This Netflix mm. experiment. So so I'm gonna preface all of this by reading a text that I just got from Samantha. Okay. The moral of the defenders is never follow the crazy conspiratorial blind man down the rabbit hole. Now she's referring to stick, but I think that's a truism for life. So don't do that kids. Well, but there, I, I mean, when the blind lead the blind, both, right. both shall fall into a crazy conspiratorial rabbit hole. <laughs> well, okay. Does this work? Does this episode work? I mean, yes, it's entertaining. If you watch all eight hours of it, I think back to back um, in like one sitting, I'm not sure it works as I think there's too much repetition. But I think if you spread this out over a little bit of time where you might watch it, you know, on a weekly basis or every other week or something like that, it probably works better. Does this work as a series, as a limited series that the, that Defenders is called? Um, overall, I like the series because I like seeing all those connections between the people. You know, I, I love seeing Foggy and Malcolm together. And, I, you know, um, anytime you get the Daughters of the Dragon, um, Colleen and Misty and and Claire together, I'm, I'm down. Um, does the experiment work? Yes, it does. Because... 
where I think it fell apart was with a little bit of um, direction and sort of forethought. Uh, the, The thing about Daredevil season two coming in before Iron Fist, I mean, I remember when that happened and that was a big shock because you had these four series going to be set up. And if you notice the guy who did Iron Fist, that's, I mean, let's not be, let's not be shy about it. I mean, that's the worst of these four series. It's the one that's least well received. Um, it was the one that was canceled first. Um, it was the one that, uh, in my opinion was the most, was probably the worst written. Um, that's not to say it was bad. I mean, there's lots of worse shows out there, but it was probably the one that was the weakest. Uh, and there's gotta be one in every bunch, right? So to hang sort of this whole series, I'm talking defenders now on Danny Rand's iron fist is kind of a gamble. And I'm not sure that they won, um, that they came ahead on it, but I do like this concept. Um, you know, to have what is essentially four books, four long form stories culminate in one more long form story. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that, especially on television, much less in I mean, maybe books and stuff like that. I, you know, I haven't read like the Wheel of Time or anything like that. So maybe that's a different situation. But again, four different characters coming together, four different series coming together. I really like that. I Okay, so and with those three questions, I think it's yes, yes, and yes. Um, as far as the, 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 the Netflix, uh, Netflix experiment work, yes, it did. Um, it, critical acclaim, uh, lots of hype from the fans. People loved it and enjoyed it. And people complained about stuff like you're talking about um, with, with Iron Fist. There's some legitimate complaints there, I think, as far as storytelling goes. But overall, up until this point with Netflix, has the experiment worked? Yes. Uh, did this season work? The, did this season of Defenders, so to speak, you know, if you're looking at the others as leading up to this, did it work? I, I, I think that worked as well. I really, really like this. And I remember when I watched this originally, you know, I, I said, I, I felt like this is the best season of Netflix yet. And why? It's rewatchable. Um, you know, Jessica Jones is, is best thematically. I think Daredevil, I think might be best as far as superhero and tone goes. Um, and it's fun to finally see a superhero with a secret identity in the MCU. Um, but bring these characters that I really enjoy and like all together. Um, even Danny, I mean, I, Iron Fist is not my favorite, but I did like it and bring these four characters together and. It works great. I really, really enjoy watching them together and seeing them together. And then as far as this episode goes, it's good. It is, it's not the best ever. It's good. It does the job. It's fun. There's some good fights. There's some pumped up music. I'm enjoying myself. And, and I think it works. It, it, this isn't the best episode ever from Netflix, but it is a very good episode and it does the job of, of just being that final chapter in, in this, you know, what I guess it's book, book six 
if if Daredevil gets two books because he has two seasons. So yeah, book six in the series, it, it works it works nicely. So I really I mean there's yeah there's things to complain about maybe there's things to poke fun at maybe, um, but there's also a lot of things to praise in this. And um, I don't know if that fight scene was all one take or not because the way they filmed it, I could see how they might be able to stitch it together and make it look like one take, but that was really fun to see. The music was fun. Um, so overall, good job, Netflix and Marvel. Good job. And seriously, it was a gamble. I mean, that's a gamble oh, to yeah. do in Netflix and in, in television, right? You, you, the only way that type of show works is when you have a binging type of world that we live in. And, and of course it absolutely does work. So that's what, I mean, if you want to sort of look at the future a little bit, um, I think this is a very interesting time because, you know, Disney streaming is coming and, and all of that sort of stuff. And, and these shows are getting canceled out of Netflix to come home essentially to the Disney streaming channel. I think we're going to see more of this because I think it was successful. I think people really did like it. I think there was, you know, when Luke Cage season one dropped, remember it broke the internet. <laughs> it broke Netflix. More people watched that and, and, and bombarded the servers than they were expecting. So, yeah, I think this experiment did work. Um, I think people got a little bit fatigued and that might be a thing that they think about later on, but overall, I think we're going to see this again. Um, I, I think that's part of why defenders works so well for me too, though, is it's rewatchable because it's light and fun and has these characters that you've already known from their seasons. But it's also only eight episodes. Right. I mean, 13 episodes, Defender series, they they were right to focus in on this story and focus in on it in, in eight episodes instead of stretching out to 13 or trying to find some sort of more complex story to tell. Um, this this worked well. worked well. Right, because I don't know that people want complex story from this. I think people want to see them fighting together to rap music. <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, it, I don't or know that both, you need or a little it. bit of both. I mean, I, I want a little bit of depth in my Kung Fu fighting to hip hop, you know, uh, let's get a little bit of depth in there alongside it. But, but you don't want to, you don't want like a, a psychoanalyst thriller, like a Jessica Jones centric show. No, no. And, and no, I, th this is the right story. This is the right impulse. Let's let's tell a story that causes them to come together, fight together against each other, fight together against the bad guys. And then when they're done, they say, see you later. And maybe we'll see you later. Maybe not. And they and then essentially they can all put the, the, the pieces back in the box, too, because, yes, there's a big hole where Midland Circle used to be. But <laughs> but it's that's perfectly lovely filled off. It's perfectly levelly filled off, yeah. and and you know you can build something else there very quickly because this is New York. So it's not like aliens came down from space. You, you essentially you could put all the all the toys back in the box. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think that that is the last word. Nice. Very good. Um, so I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for spending time with us uh, as we talk about this stuff. And um, yeah, Stuart, do you have any, anything you want to say? I just thank you for walking on these, walking with this journey on us. No, walking <laughs> with this, 
Wow. Thank you for walking, taking this journey with us. Yeah, let's say that. Thank okay. you for taking this journey with us. Yes. I don't know. That's, that's just good enough that I don't feel like we should cut it out. And, and, uh, no, I think uh, I just... Yeah, I think sweet, it's, so. yeah. Okay. Uh, no, yes, this okay. was a fun... What do you want me to do it again? I think no, it's no, I, I think we keep okay. it. Okay, yeah. Okay. No, no. <laughs> We're keeping um, it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, thank you for thank you for coming with us on this journey. It was a fun it was a fun time. Um I I look forward to seeing what where we go next. Yeah, I'm also interested where we're gonna go next. And I'm also interested in how we're going to go there. Um <laughs> like like I said, I mean I haven't watched Punisher yet. You know, I haven't watched any any of these things. I'm people talk about Daredevil season three, and I'm just like, I haven't watched it yet. And um, I've got people who I've got a friend at work who's you haven't seen it yet. It's so good. I'm just, I, I just haven't gotten around to it yet. So, uh, so we're going to cover it. I don't know how we're going to cover it, but, uh, you know, I can't believe I'm saying this, but let's go do something crazy. us on Twitter, where we are Level 7 Pod. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh at our clean comedy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, Godspeed. Next episode, a state of the Marvel Cinematic Universe address. Not address. Well, we're looking at the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What's come, what's to come, and I'm sure we'll play Is It MCU? About a thing or two. Also, we're hoping for by then to have seen maybe an Avengers trailer or at least a title. Eh, we'll see. Talk to you later.